0: Welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and a therapist at Stillpoint.
1: And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Stillpoint.
0: Josh, I'm excited to learn from you today about meditation. Yeah? I think of you as an expert in this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, I don't know about an expert. I mean, I do have a little bit of experience, but
0: I'm the beginner, you're the expert. It's okay. (laughs) Hmm. So what is meditation? (laughs)
1: Hmm. I find meditation to be a practice. So a, a habitual process of focusing the mind and redirecting our thoughts. It is an invitation to gain awareness and a healthy sense of perspective. Meditation will not bring change. Meditation can bring change through the awareness. The introspection that it can provide can foster the change. But meditation in and of itself isn't really what's going to change anything.
0: And I appreciate that that distinction because I think... Like when I set out to meditate, I'm always hoping for a change. Yeah. I think it's hard to release that expectation. I think it's an invitation for change, but, you're, but how you distinguish that with it being an awareness that might foster change, that helps me understand that better.
1: Or at least that's not ever really been the purpose of meditation. I mean, mm-hmm. as we'll kind of get into, like there are, a ton of different types of meditation. And the majority of the time, meditation is used to foster awareness, like to know more about yourself, to focus, to to become more aware of what's happening inside of you, what's happening outside of you, and to, in some way, kind of find a balance within yourself And whenever you're able to find that balance, then from that balanced place, like you start noticing things that you can and want to change. So, I mean, that's been my experience.
0: How did you come to meditation?
1: So I graduated college in 2008. It's roughly 2009-ish. I... Went from being in a very strict church and wanted to find a practice that accepted me for who I was and that I felt connected to. And so I started researching different religions, Buddhism, as far down the road as paganism, just learning. And meditation was a part of literally every single religion that i looked into i mean even christianity talks about it i mean the bible talks about like meditating on the word so like meditation is like a pivotal piece in religious text throughout the world yeah so i started meditating through a spiritual practice
0: and what I'm seeing and how you describe that is how I see a lot of people come to meditation. Whether it be there's some type of change that they're seeking, or there's a conflict that then creates you know, some type of chaos within them and they want to seek something different, or they are looking to add to their spiritual practice potentially. I just thought of this, but... I think I may have come to meditation when I like participated in choirs and singing because one of my favorite times was when like we would be singing very like concentrated songs that had like rich tones and just that sensory processing and like the community of adding to that beautiful sound within that space. Um, That was really meditative for me.
1: I mean, I just think it's fascinating.
0: What's your favorite thing about it?
1: It took me a while to learn that meditation is not about turning my mind off. Mm. It's not about like having no thoughts or having no feeling. Like that isn't entirely (laughs) impossible for us. And how in that stillness of observing like I don't know like for me I feel it in my body and it's almost like this wave kind of washes over me and like I can breathe like so that's probably my favorite part of it it's like just that relaxing feeling that I managed to find there that's
0: that release of tension what about you Uh, I think my favorite part, like I agree that the body's sensations are like super relaxing and you feel calm and rejuvenated, but I like the concept of quieting my mind. So not necessarily like having no thoughts or no feelings, but if I can get to a space where my mind is quieted, there are things that pop up that I would have never expected. And I, I find that to be super interesting. So whether I think of that in a spiritual way, or if I think of that in a subconscious way, what what it means to me is that there are things I'm supposed to be paying attention to besides like my daily life.
1: But I find that especially for those who are learning about meditation and starting out as new in the process, tend to have really unrealistic expectations about what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Like I'm supposed to be this enlightened being, like, and as I've mentioned earlier, like no thoughts, no feelings, like I'm supposed to be a blank canvas, like nothing is supposed to be happening. And then when we get into that space and we recognize that we can only really focus on our breath or on a mantra or a sound or whatever, And we really start getting judgmental and critical of our process and what's happening. And then we just give up. I mean, that's literally the process. Like it is, even though all of this is happening, let me redirect because this is where I want my focus to be.
0: That's one of the benefits of meditation is that you can increase your sustaining level of focus.
1: I guess I say that as an invitation for those who are wanting to try meditation or who are newer to meditation mm-hmm. and recognize that it is challenging. It because is challenging. It is, I mean, and the types of meditation are very new, like they're numerous. I mean, in some meditation, Practices, I mean, most meditation practices like date back like thousands of years. You have like mindfulness meditation, which is traditional, like of of Buddhist teaching. It's about paying attention to your thoughts. And it's all about observing and taking note of patterns that come up. And it really focuses on our concentration and our awareness because we're focusing on a specific thing like our breath, a thought, sensation of some sort, or a feeling. Mindfulness meditation is really good for like solo practitioners without a teacher or a guide, and is generally one of the more common that I notice people tend to talk about. And then you have like spiritual meditation, which is like really popular in Eastern religions. So you've got like Hinduism, Taoism, and even Christian faith uses meditation I mean which is similar to prayer but it allows us to reflect on the silence around us in order to maintain a deeper connection to God or the universe Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so and again like mentioning the scripture earlier like meditating on the word like you truly meditate (laughs) like thinking about what it means to you and how it incorporates into your life and I don't know I was always taught that like Prayer is us talking to God, and when we meditate, that's God talking back to us. Mm-hmm. So it gives us an opportunity to calm ourselves and slow ourselves down so you can hear that still small voice talking to you. Yeah.
0: Josh, I appreciate that clarification because I think that was probably the first time I was introduced to the concept of meditation it was like through the Christian tradition yeah. and allowing for that silence.
1: I mean, and a lot of times they won't talk and or say meditation, right. especially like in my background, like meditation was a no-no. But like we read the scripture every so often, and like no, you just wait. Well, how long do you wait until? Like, how do you wait? Like, they would tell you the process, but they wouldn't name it. Uh-huh. So it's just so weird to me. But anyway. But I also noticed that like when, especially with spiritual practices, and this even goes into like paganism and things like that, like very earth-based religions, that there are lots of like scents and oils and incense um, that are used to help foster that space of sacredness and ritual, especially depending on like the intended purpose. So like if you're wanting to hear from god or whatever then you use whatever type of incense are connected to that deity or whatever so like especially in the christian faith like gold or gold can't burn gold well i guess you could but you melt it (laughs) but that takes a lot um but like frankincense and myrrh are pretty popular sage and cedar sandalwood and palo santo are generally pretty popular most of those are very clearing. So it clears the space to set the environment that you're wanting. But spiritual meditation is really about enjoying the silence and seeking a deeper connection to the divine. And if that's the path you're on, then that's the type of meditation that is for you, if, <laughs> if you don't already do it. Focused meditation is done using any of the five senses. So breath, touch, taste, whatever. And with touch, like you can use mala beads, you can use like soft fabrics that kind of keep you in a zone, anything that helps maintain your focus on whatever sense you're focusing on. And to be honest, like focus meditation can be harder, especially for beginners, because our focus shifts so quickly Mm -hmm. and that judgment piece jumps in really quick when we start moving our focus around. But if focus meditation is something you want to try, then like just recognize that redirecting is going to be a part of this process. And it's important to be compassionate, especially, I mean, and that's with any meditation process or practice, like compassion is going to be essential. Because it is a practice that takes time. Movement yoga, or movement yoga, (laughs) movement meditation is, I've noticed, becoming more popular. Oh, yeah. So that's like yoga, Qigong, Qigong.
0: Qigong, yeah.
1: um, Tai Chi, those types of things that allow you to really slow down, feel your body, and focus on a specific task a specific pose a specific way of fluid movement to do something
0: I really like these I think that this is one of my favorite forms of meditation
1: with movement like it doesn't have to be just oh I have to go to sign up for a yoga class like no like movement yoga can literally be walking through a park and it's just about like Focusing on each step, focusing on your posture, focusing on how you are engaging with what's around you and focusing on that.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, some of the most effective meditations I've had have been walking Mm -hmm. or, I mean, honestly, not necessarily safe, but like I get most still when I drive.
0: Well, they do call it um highway hypnosis
1: yeah i mean and i have gotten some really interesting information <laughs> in the car so it literally well, can happen anywhere
0: yeah because you're i mean your eye your like if you think of your sensory experience your eyesight is usually fixed in only a few places you're sitting in a relaxed position for the most part and it's almost like that automatic system takes over of how to drive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you are fully, even though they tell you never to do meditations in the car because you need to be aware of your driving. Right. Yes, please don't meditate while you drive. But yes, there's a there's a component of allowing your mind to to wander. Yeah.
1: And like that soft hum of the engine mm-hmm. or whatever, like it is very trance inducing. Yeah. And that's what I claim. I'm like, I can't help it. I'm in a trance.
0: (laughs) As we talked about last time, like going to bed and doing meditation, like while you're trying to fall asleep, like it's one of the easiest times to meditate.
1: And I like it because I usually dream kind of weird when Uh I do. So
0: yeah, I have tried different meditations and I have different results with my dreams or how I feel the next day. And that is super weird to me.
1: Mm-hmm. But usually, if I meditate before I go to bed, it is probably the sound of sleep I get. Mm-hmm. I agree. Where normally I'm like scrolling to my phone until I can't hold my eyes open, and but in the moments that I meditate before bed, yeah, it is, and i I go to bed so much easier and so much quicker. Yeah. One of the types of meditations that I have practiced quite a bit is mantra meditation or like sound meditation, which is really prominent in like Hinduism, Buddhism. And there are some parts of like the Sikh religion, like within, because they use a lot of mantras too. And like in their, I don't know if they actually use them in their Kundalini yoga practices, but um, I do know that they do use a lot of mantras. Mm Mm-hmm. So this uses like a repetitive sound word phrase to help clear the mind, like Om being one of them. A lot of the mantras that I've used were like Sanskrit, so like the Om Mani Padme Om.
0: I have read, I mean, I've read about even like the neurobiology of those sound, those particular sounds, because yeah. the how you deliver them, like in the body and in the body and how that resonates with that vagal nerve mm-hmm. um, that sits behind your throat and how that vibration and how it connects to your pineal gland mm-hmm. um like they're like you are engaging your body in a completely different way to help you heal right and i find that fascinating
1: like all that resonance is yes moving around yeah it's pretty interesting And, like, the reason why I say mantra sound, because, like, I mean, you also have, like, the Tibetan bowls, crystal bowls, Mm -hmm. and things like that. Like, those sounds are still doing essentially the same thing, helping that reverberation within the body and kind of helping align. And it's something, especially if you're not super comfortable chanting or Mm -hmm. using a mantra. And sometimes when I'm not in the mood or I was sick or whatever with my sore throat, like, I would put a CD on of Mm -hmm. a sound. it. I mean, it's the same principle.
0: I actually did that last night. I did a singing bowl meditation. And it was specifically connected to, like, the dorsal vagal nerve. So kind of in, like, the root chakra... And we hold like a lot of tension like through our hips and I fell asleep super quick.
1: Hmm. Some of the biggest releases in like my healing journey have come through like sound experiences.
0: And Josh, I don't know if it's okay to share this, but when you did the singing bowl healing for our practice, Mm -hmm. like we did a retreat together. And when you went through, and it wasn't just this, was it just, no, it was the singing bowls with a guided meditation. Meditation, And that was really powerful.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is one of my, I don't know, like you give me sound and a med- guided meditation and I'm just like, yes, like why would I not want to do this? <laughs> Damn. So where was I at? Um. <laughs> Saying a mantra out loud or in your head, like it really doesn't matter how it's said. I mean, it's the focus on the sound that's important because it helps shift and maintain focus. It allows us to become more attuned and aware to our environment so that we feel closer to a deity or depend, depending on what we're chanting, um, especially when you get into some more of like very specific religious chants, like Hinduism, like you're going to have Shiva, Shakti, Ganesha. When you get into Sikh, it's going to be more about the divine from their perspective, like Ramadasa, Sase Sosang, like those types of things, like they are going to be very much attuned to whatever religious background you're coming from.
0: Can I ask a question about this? Mm -hmm. Like, I would even consider like an affirmation to be a mantra. Yes. So just a simple phrase that I want to like name for myself or even name for someone else, like very simple concepts, like I am enough, or I am deserving of this love, or my worth is plentiful, or like whatever it is that I am wanting to focus on. Mm -hmm. I find that to be really helpful too.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the interesting thing about like mantra meditation, like it kind of is a different, I don't know, um, maybe a lesser, I don't want to say lesser, but less intense. It can be less intense than like transcendental meditation, where with transcendental meditation, you absolutely get the customization mm-hmm. of what it is that you are chanting, like those affirmations. I mean, mantra, it doesn't really matter what you call it like you can do whatever that you want really like there's no wrong way to do it really okay that's Um,
0: that's what I needed to hear there's no wrong way to do it
1: but like once you get into like like mantra meditations defined as using mantras based on religious things once you get into like that customizing you start getting into more of a transcendental type of meditation but the difference between transcendental in my brain and mantra is like transcendental like it's more regimented and a little bit more like serious in some respects or at least that's how I see it in my brain so I always (laughs) went to mantra meditation because I'm like I'm not gonna meditate like four times a day like I'm not doing that right now but yeah like whatever you feel drawn to do do it like there is no wrong when i was doing hair everything went away i was in a zone like that is meditation it doesn't have to be sitting on the floor and zoning out and sitting in a posture and like you can paint a picture Mm -hmm. you can be in a garden transcendental has had a lot of research done on it So lots of studies about like the benefits that it has. It's more customizable than like mantras meditation because you can personalize it and use those affirmations that you were talking about. So that can be anything from like an intention, affirmation, a prayer, anything. It is a little bit more structured from my understanding um, because there is like you meditate this many times this long or at least that's how I understood it. So if someone does transcendental meditation listening to this and I'm getting it wrong, please let me know. Then you have like progressive relaxation. And for those who are familiar with like CBT, this is in some ways a component of CBT, but was done before CBT. So like progressive relaxation is like, especially if there's tension or stress in the body, you would gradually be tightening the muscles throughout the body and relaxing them. Because the idea is like if you have a super tight muscle and you put pressure on it and make it even more tight, eventually the muscle will start relaxing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the premise. And like I said, it is a popular component or tool to mm-hmm. use in CBT and they they call it progressive muscle relaxation where, like, it's really popular among kids, especially, like, kids who are dysregulated. Mm-hmm. They will tighten certain areas of the body, relax them, or and then they'll, like, do the whole body for a couple seconds and then relax them, and it kind of just helps release some of the spastic type of energy that a kid can have. Yeah. I mean, it's really good for anxiety and just overall relaxing And kind of getting into this like gentle flow.
0: This is also a really good one for sleep.
1: Yes. Then you have loving kindness meditation. And this is used to foster and strengthen compassion, kindness, and acceptance of self and others. And this is really good for people who struggle with anger or being frustrated often. Because it makes you start seeing and pushing out positive energy towards other people and having positive thoughts about people and situations that generally upset you. So it involves opening up to and receiving love from others and sending well wishes to loved ones, friends, and well, anyone. The focus is on compassion. And this is ideal for those, like I've said, who are holding anger, frustration, or animosity towards a person or a situation. Because this helps reach beyond the anger and get into a place where they can be an understanding. And it helps to heal beyond their upset. Two more. um, Visualization, which is like it can be kind of a guided visualization if you want it to be. But this helps foster relaxation, peace, calmness. Visualizing positive images or scenarios in one's mind this can be done for like manifestation type purposes and the more vivid the scene or scenario can be the better so often like with the visualization meditation you'll run through all of your five senses so like what am i Mm -hmm. seeing what are the colors like what does this look like what am i hearing what am i smelling what am i tasting what am i feeling and the more of your senses you can add into this visualization meditation, the better because you want it to be as vivid and real as possible. And like I said, like this is pretty popular amongst like manifestation practices, seeing oneself in a specific space or a place in their life, doing something or having something that they want. And it can also help deepen motivation and mood by reducing stress, and promoting inner peace. And then one type of meditation that I added by myself was brain spotting. I find brain spotting to be very much a type of meditation that uses like our visual field, so like where we look affects how we feel, and our somatic processing, so our somatic experience, our Feelings in our body, like if we are upset and it makes our stomach hurt, where do we look that makes that feeling either stand out most or become more manageable? And then we focus on those feelings and see what comes up through the subconscious so that we can process through them and heal. And eventually that feeling in our body will in some way go away, it becomes From an activated spot where it feels gross to a resource spot where it is neutral at best. So, yeah, yeah.
0: it absolutely really releases and relieves that tension that we have held for some reason or another into a space that is more relaxed, grounded, present to what is actually happening around us.
1: And the thing with brain spotting is I would not encourage anyone to start doing brain spotting on their own without a trained professional, like working with them for a while. Because the one thing that we don't want to happen is, I mean, with the rest of the meditations, like it's pretty simple, cut and dry. But brain spotting is generally more therapist based, like you are coming in and doing this with someone who's trained in it. But I put it on here because it is very much a focused mindfulness type of meditation process in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we don't allow ourselves to process through enough, we can feel like crap for a while right. until we have. And that's why I think doing it with a professional is really important, at least until you understand, really understand the process or through some of the heavier things. And it's used as like a regulation tool.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I do think like there's come in brain spotting. There are absolutely components of focused mindfulness, but okay. then it's laid into a therapeutic process. Right. That is a completely different process within itself. Sure. And the, some people might say that some of these other forms of meditations can be put into something else and become a completely different process on their own.
1: I think for me, like, especially mentioning CBT, brain spotting, it is more about, like you said, showing that regardless of what it is that you're using, these are generally the basis of some pretty powerful healing modalities. And if you give yourself permission to venture into that area Yes, like that awareness will come Mm -hmm. and the changes that you're wanting to make, that awareness will help you get there.
0: What I would add to that is, you know, as we experience this, we figure out we can engage ourselves and our environment differently and we become more open to practices that help us move through challenging times and transition with more ease, even if the challenge is difficult. It kind of prepares us for life instead of the ways that we thought we had to defend ourselves. I especially find that meditation is very helpful in freeing our minds from our environment, our body, our beliefs, and also our consumption. And I've been thinking about this piece more and more. All that we consume, information, stuff, food, stress, like whatever these pieces are, and they impact our bodies and our minds so significantly, which is why like we're even talking about meditation. It's a very helpful practice to build in order to have freedom in your mind.
1: I think meditation allows us to experience possibility in the midst of fear.
0: One of the biggest benefits I find is that allows us to expand into possibility. The things that we thought were caging us in or narrowing us into a certain path when we start to see outside of those walls or that particular path we see what could be possible josh if you were working with someone or had someone come to you with a lot of emotion which type of meditation would you start them with or recommend to them
1: Depends on what emotion they're coming to me with. Like, are they frustrated? Then I may try the loving kindness. If they are overwhelmed and anxious, then maybe the mindfulness meditation. I mean, but it also depends on like what each person, like are they super musically inclined? Then I may gravitate towards like a mantra-based, music-based type meditation for them. I don't think that there's a wrong one to try. Like, I think a lot of it depends on what that person is interested in. Sure. And because all of them are going to help reduce stress. They're going to help in some way self-soothe. And depending on what's causing that emotion, like, and if they're coming to my practice, then I'm probably going to do brain spotting, to be honest.
0: Sure. (laughs) What about if someone's consumed by a relationship? So not being able to control things
1: again, brain spotting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is this a couple or just a person a part of the couple?
0: Ooh, I want you to answer it for both.
1: Okay, so if I have a couple coming in and one of them is struggling with control, like the fear of not being in control. Then again, I use brain spotting. I coach the partner on how to hold space and be present. And then I usually try to teach mindfulness meditation so that they can like in some ways start paying attention to like their thoughts and their feelings and really understanding them. Like if it were for a couple, I mean, I think mindfulness meditation would be fine. They can set a specific intention and focus on that and just become aware of like their thoughts, their feelings, their whatever sensations. I also find that especially if you're doing like a group, like finding a good guided meditation, so that would kind of fit into like the visualization piece and a part of some of the couples work I do is like we re-envision our relationships so mm-hmm. like a part of it is like what are you seeing what are you feeling what are you hearing like what is this relationship supposed do you want this to look like not what it's supposed to look like but <laughs> what do you want this relationship to look like and then we start kind of meshing those things together and kind of really looking at it and like okay you now what is this coming from both of you How can we mesh this into being something cohesive? So probably more along the lines of a visualization so that we can start creating the relationship that we really want.
0: And Josh, I find that visualization piece fascinating because again, it's part of that expansion. If we're able to imagine what could be or what we want, then somehow like in our conscious brain and in our subconscious brain, we will start looking for those things. Like we'll start looking for when our partner actually like holds our hand or we'll start looking for when we are appreciated or we start looking for ways to give her love differently. Like I, I find that fascinating. Like what we draw our attention to is what we look to create.
1: I mean, and there are, I mean, you can do loving kindness, like especially for the partner who's struggling with their partner, who's trying to be more controlling so they can become more compassionate towards themselves and their partner. Like I said, like there's no real wrong way to go. Like it depends on the person, the couple, like what it is that they're wanting, what they're interested in, but any of them really would work. I mean, I've even had clients that will do different types of meditation. Like they'll take a walk, but they'll listen to the like binaural beats that we Mm -hmm. use in brain spotting to help kind of get their brain cross-processing, cross-wiring, so that they can get into that space of where they're able to like start releasing. Mm -hmm. So they start mixing what works for them and and based on where they're at in the process. Sometimes people want to help themselves, but Mm -hmm. they're too early in the process to really dive deep into some stuff. So they just do what they can. But to answer your questions...
0: (laughs) Yeah, because um, what I'm hearing is that people get the opportunity to build that number one thing, which is to gain that awareness, but also they're building patience for a practice. They get to see a process that's not perfect. Like you get to be creative and try different things on different levels. You get to learn what it's like to step outside of your own judgment or ha- Like build that focus. You also get to learn forgiveness. You get to set aside like all that's in your world and just be, whether that just be with yourself or be with your partner or be in your environment. And one of the most significant things is what I'm hearing is that you get to build strength in the area you may feel is controlling you. And so whether that be your emotions, your thoughts, your body, your beliefs, your relationships, and you get to have space just as you are because you are enough. Josh, what other benefits are there that we haven't talked about?
1: I mean, through research, meditation's been linked to like a whole laundry list of positive health benefits. I mean, it helps reduce blood pressure, helps alleviate stress, helps control anxiety and depression, promotes emotional health, enhances self-awareness. It helps with attention span. There are some studies that link it positively to helping with like age-related memory loss, Helps to foster kindness. And it's also been linked with helping fight addiction in -hmm. some cases. It improves sleep, which we've talked about (laughs) for a couple of different spaces on here. And it can help with pain management. Hmm. I mean, and those are just some of the more common things. Like I said, like it can literally be used for just about anything.
0: I like how we're able to talk about it, not just as an individual, but also in couples or even in community because it can also build that sense of connection, that sure. experience of connection. And that could be a relationship with nature, um, with a loved one, with just people who are in your world because we underestimate how many different parts we have that grab our attention that we don't even like register. And so again, expanding that awareness allows us to know where we're centered it can help us define purpose
1: And mean i think that at the end of the day like it is helping us connect with that authentic core expression that authentic core self mm-hmm. and rather than projecting onto our partner especially if we start a practice like we start seeing ourselves more authentically And that like transfers onto other people too, because then you start seeing them for who they really are and not for what we think they should be or think they are or all of this other stuff. It gives us clarity about ourselves and others.
0: So Josh and I want to leave you with this invitation for meditation. And it's a series of questions to write down, to think about, or just take one of and just carve out some space or time or while you're driving even. I think it's safe to think about these questions while you're driving. And just consider how they could impact your awareness. So what's the one thing I could do that will dramatically improve my life? What barriers or questions would I have to move through in order to do something different? What security could I find in making this change and what if i realized that i love myself or that others love me and so with considering these questions we invite you to that meditation to that invitation for change to gain awareness so not only will you notice changes but others will notice changes in you too
1: and as always you can find us on the internet or at our website at stillpointhealing.com. You can find us on Facebook and Pinterest at StillPointHealing, And you can always reach us at the podcast. That's So You Can Heal at stillpointhealing.com with any questions, comments, episode ideas. And until next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>